0: welcome to each one of you. I too want to say welcome to those of you who are here in the sanctuary and to you joining us online. Well, last Sunday we looked at 2 Chronicles chapter 8, 17 and we saw that Jehoshaphat was the next in line to become the fourth king of Judah. So his father had passed away and he was now in charge. He became the king and as king, He went through the places and and tore down a lot of the shrines and asherah poles and places that were being worshipped and encouraged the people to turn back to God. He helped educate the people and helped them to turn back to God and his ways. And we saw that God Gave him wonderful riches, blessed him, and also gave him peace in the surrounding nations. He made peace so that there was no war, but instead the surrounding nations came, presented gifts and tributes, and we see God's blessing upon him. And so today we're going to look at chapter 18 of 2 Chronicles. And so if you have your Bibles, feel free to turn to 2 Chronicles, chapter 18. And we're going to read the first eight verses. If you are able to, would you please stand as we read God's word? Second Chronicles chapter 18 says, Jehoshaphat enjoyed great riches and high esteem, and he made an alliance with Ahab of Israel by having his son marry Ahab's daughter. A few years later, he went to Samaria to visit Ahab, who prepared a great banquet for him and his officials. They butchered great numbers of sheep, goats, and cattle for the feast. Then Ahab enticed Jehoshaphat to join forces with him to recover Ramoth Gilead. Will you go with me to Ramoth Gilead? King Ahab of Israel asked King Jehoshaphat of Judah. Jehoshaphat replied, Why, of course, you and I are as one. And my troops are your troops. We will certainly join you in battle. Then Jehoshaphat added, But first, let's find out what the Lord says. So the king of Israel summoned the prophets, 400 of them, and asked them, Should we go to war against Ramoth-Gilead, or should I hold back? They all replied, Yes, go right ahead. God will give the king victory. But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there not also a prophet of the Lord here? We should ask him the same question. The king of Israel replied to Jehoshaphat, There is one more man who could consult the Lord for us, but I hate him. He never prophesies anything but trouble for me. His name is Micaiah, son of Imlah. Jehoshaphat replied, That's not the way a king should talk. Let's hear what he has to say. So the king of Israel called one of his officials and said, Quick, bring Micaiah, son of Imlah. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this time and this opportunity, Lord, to be in your house and study your word. And Lord, we thank you for your holy word and for the many truths that are contained in it. We pray, Father, that you would open up our hearts and our mind to hear from you, that you would speak to us, God, and help us, Lord, to be obedient as we respond to your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. Jehoshaphat was prospering as king of the people of Judah. The people respected him and the many decisions that he made. And although the nation of Israel was divided, as I mentioned last week, into two kingdoms, the northern and the southern kingdom, Jehoshaphat wanted them to unite together. He wanted them to Form an ally. This meant forming an alliance with King Ahab of the northern kingdom of Israel. Alliances were usually formed through marriage, and in this case, King Jehoshaphat of Judah gave his son and encouraged his son to marry King Ahab of Israel's daughter. And so the son married the daughter, forming an alliance with each other. Now, on the surface this seemed like a very good idea it was a military alliance and it seemed like this made sense however if you read on in the chapters to come we see that there are some very devastating consequences that come out of this alliance that was formed you see you have to understand that King Jehoshaphat was determined to do things God's way He wanted to do things God's way, hence why he helped to educate the people, and we read about that in chapter 17. He wanted to break down all the shrines and the idols to help people turn back to worshiping God. And so on the one hand, he was trying to do what was right in God's eyes. But by forming an alliance with Ahab, he now joined forces with a very evil and wicked man. (laughs) If you read about King Ahab's life, you see that there was really not much good about him. We see that he was very evil and very wicked. And so for Jehoshaphat to join forces with Ahab, that meant having to compromise some of what he believed. That meant compromising values and beliefs and what he knew was right. Sometimes we only see the opportunity that's in front of us. We only see the benefit right in our faces, but we don't always see the long-term consequences. And we need to be careful not to compromise our beliefs and integrity for temporary gain. That's what Jehoshaphat was doing. He saw this opportunity to be able to join forces, to form an alliance with King Ahab, because there was a lot of gain involved in it. There was strength in joining the troops together. They would be able to conquer more land. They would be able to go and recover ramoth Gilead and so many other places. No one was going to want to mess with them because they were strong in numbers. But Jehoshaphat was looking at the short term the temporary benefits that would come with this and not the long-term consequences. He compromised what he knew was right by allowing his son to marry Ahab's daughter. They had different beliefs, different morals, different values, and it caused more harm than good. What he did was compromise for a temporary gain. In our life, it's important that we watch out for situations that cause us to compromise for temporary gain. That we don't fall into the temptation of compromising our beliefs, our values, our religion, our morals for something that is only temporary. Temporary gain means just that. Something you gain but is temporary doesn't last forever, will eventually go away, will eventually fade, is not going to be there all the time. Have you compromised your beliefs? Have you been compromising your beliefs? Have you compromised your integrity, or have you been compromising your integrity for temporary gain, such as earthly riches? to accumulate stuff, to get material wealth and to get a lot of stuff that we look at in this life and say is important, but remember, it is only temporary. Be careful not to compromise for temporary gain. Have we been compromising our beliefs or our integrity for a job promotion or a position? Are we doing something that we know isn't right just so that we will be able to find favor with the boss or the person or the company to get that job or that position even though we know it is wrong? Are we compromising our beliefs and our integrity with a boyfriend or girlfriend? Are we compromising our beliefs and integrity to fit into a certain group or to go along with the crowd? maybe for popularity or for social media purposes, remember that these things are only temporary, but God is eternal. These things that we try so hard to gain and to accumulate and do will one day fade away, will one day be no more, will one day not make any sense when it comes to eternity. But the thing that lasts forever is our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ is our belief and putting our foot down and saying, this is what I believe, and I will not compromise it. Stay committed and faithful and true to the Lord. There's nothing in this life that is worth compromising your faith for. Unfortunately, Jehoshaphat compromised what he knew was the right thing to do in forming alliances with Ahab, who was an evil and a very wicked king. Ahab managed to get Jehoshaphat to agree to join his troops together in order for them to go and to recover Ramoth Gilead. Now, this meant going into battle with Ramoth Gilead, the people of that, and then also maybe the surrounding areas as well. Because what they were trying to do was to take over, to take it back, to take it from them. And that meant there needed to be a battle. Now keep in mind that we saw in chapter 17 that there was peace in the surrounding areas. That Jehoshaphat already had peace in the surrounding kingdoms. So what he was going to do now was to go and disturb that peace and start a fight, pick a fight, when there was no fight that needed to be picked. Do you understand what I'm saying? God had given them peace and now he was about to go and pick a fight when it was not necessary even though jehoshaphat said yes that he will join ahab in battle he was god fearing enough to say but first let's find out what the lord says first let's ask the lord before making this important decision because remember his life was on the line He could have lost his life in battle. He wanted to make sure that this is what God said would be okay and it would happen. He consulted the Lord. You see, before making important decisions, we need to ask the Lord for guidance and for confirmation. We need to ask the Lord to give us wisdom and guidance. We need to ask the Lord not just for that, but to also give us confirmation because sometimes we think we heard from the Lord, but we're not sure, right? Sometimes we wonder, is it just what we want or is this from God? And it's okay to ask God to confirm that. It's okay for us to ask God to help us to be sure of what it is that he may be saying to us. And so as much as we ask God for guidance, it's important that we also ask him to confirm what it is that he wants. Do we always go to God first and seek his will? Do we always ask him to lead us and guide us in the decisions in life that we make? Many times we rely on our own wisdom, right? We rely on our own logic and our intellect and and we think thoroughly about something which is good and what we should do. But we have to understand that our intellect, our logic, and our wisdom will only give us so much. And it will only take us so far. And it's important that we go to God and ask him if this is his will... Ask him to give us guidance. Ask him to confirm. Because sometimes God asks us to do something that is beyond what we understand, which is beyond our human logic. That just doesn't make sense. You see, God does not go by what we know, God's logic and our logic are different because God is not confined to the same things that we're confined to. So what we know is works doesn't work for God because he does not play by the same rules that we play by because God made the game, so he doesn't play by the same rules. So when we look to our own intellect and logic, it will often fail us because God transcends and he goes beyond it. He is the God. Who rains down food from heaven? He is the God who uses spit to heal a man's eyes. He is the God who, with one word, can calm a raging storm. He is the God who takes Two fish and five loaves and feeds over 5,000 people. He is the God who gives man ability to walk on water. You see, God does not operate by our own knowledge and understanding. He operates on a whole nother level. And so when we go to God, we need to ask him to give us guidance. We need to ask him to give us confirmation. Because there are times when God is ready to do something great in our life. But because for us it doesn't make sense because we don't have the money, we don't have the education, we don't have the experience, we hold back and don't allow God to use us when he says, trust me. When he says, trust me, that's why his word says that we need to trust the Lord with all our hearts and lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways. That means in every single aspect of our life, in every single decision that we make, in all our ways, acknowledge him. Involve him. Other verses say submit to him. In all our ways, acknowledge him. Include him in that decision. And guess what? When we do, even when it doesn't, under, even when it doesn't make sense to us, he will make our path straight. He will direct us. He will lead us. And he will guide us. And so in every decision that you make, may you come before the Lord and ask him to give you guidance and confirmation in all your ways. As you consider career paths for your future, ask the Lord to guide you and to confirm for you. Before accepting a job, ask the Lord to guide you and to confirm for you. Before quitting a job, ask the Lord for wisdom and guidance. Before marrying a person, Ask the Lord for guidance and confirmation. Before making a major purchase, ask the Lord for wisdom and guidance. Before starting a new business or when you're considering buying or selling a home or or something that is beyond us, we need to ask God to give us guidance and confirmation. Whatever it may be, don't leave the Lord out of those decisions in our life. When we submit our ways to Him, when we include Him in every decision, He will make our path straight. He will work all things out. After Jehoshaphat insisted that they ask the Lord first before going into battle, Ahab called in the prophets. So the prophets came in, and he didn't have just a few come in. Anthony, he had 400 come in. That's a lot of prophets right? 400 of them came in and we see he asked, should we go to war against Ramoth Gilead or should I hold back? Now, 400 of the prophets all told him the same thing, okay? The scripture says, here's what they said. They all replied, yes, go right ahead. God will give the king victory. Well, That settles it, right? If 400 men of God tell you something, I don't know about you, but I'm sure I'd believe it, right? 400 of them are in agreement, and and they give him this answer, and and they all are saying the same thing. Well, it's a done deal. God's going to give you victory, so let's go. But there was one problem. The problem was that they weren't true prophets of God. They were only telling Ahab what he wanted to hear. So how do I know that? Well, first, if you look at verse 6, it says, But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there not also a prophet of the Lord here? We should ask him the same question. So Jehoshaphat understood that these prophets were not necessarily prophets of the Lord, but they were prophets who Ahab had brought in. So he said, you know, Is there no one here of the Lord that we can ask? Then we see that Ahab responds in verse 7, and he says, There is one more man who could consult the Lord for us, but I hate him. He never prophesies anything but trouble for me. His name is Micaiah, son of Imlah. He never prophesies anything but trouble for me. You see, the problem was that the prophets that Ahab had brought in were only telling Ahab the things he wanted to hear. He was, they were only telling him good news because they knew that's what he wanted to hear and that's what would keep him happy. They were telling him lies in order not to hurt his feelings and to keep him happy. It's important for us to be careful that we don't lie to someone and tell them what they want to hear We we don't lie to someone just so that we can tell them the things that they want to hear, even if it may not necessarily be true. Now, I get it. We don't want to make people feel bad, especially when they've put a lot of effort into something, right? Especially when they've gone out of their way to, to do something, to make something, to put something together. And so we want people to feel good about it. But there's a difference in encouraging someone and then giving them false hope that they're really good at something, right? It's like us saying to someone, and it may not necessarily be true, you're such a good cook. Now, I have to be honest with you. When I got married, I didn't know how to cook. And and YouTube really taught me a lot. And my husband tells me, that I'm on level with Gordon Ramsay. I, I don't know if that's true, but he's still alive, and, and so am I. So, I mean, you know, that may be an example of just making someone feel good, right? Another thing that we may say to someone is, you look really great in that outfit, right? because we don't want to hurt their feelings, even though they may not necessarily look good in that outfit. You sang really well. Maybe they they didn't really sing well. You did an excellent job. You really impressed me. Your presentation was my favorite. You see, when we lie to someone and, and we give them this false hope that they're really, really good, we're not doing them any favors. In fact, when we we say that, we don't help them to improve. Now, you have to understand that we want to be loving, we want to be encouraging, but there's a difference in being encouraging and lying to someone, right? You have to understand that when we tell someone something, often how we say it is even more important than what we say. So if we are telling someone something in a loving and gentle way, in a way that will encourage them or maybe giving them loving feedback or helpful advice to improve, then that's better than just lying to them and then saying behind their back that they really sucked. You you understand what I'm saying? Because I'm sure you wouldn't want someone to tell you something that wasn't true because you wouldn't know that you really didn't do a good job, right? I certainly don't want you to tell me I did a good job if I didn't. But there's a way for us to be loving, gentle, and encouraging without lying to someone. So may we be people who are mindful of other people's feelings and tell them in a loving way when they ask for feedback. Something else that I was thinking about, and and this is not necessarily in my notes, but when, when we approach someone, we also have to understand our place and our position in, our, in their life because uh, understand what I'm saying. There are some things that it's just not my place to say or it's not your place to say. And so it may come across better if someone who was closer in relationship or had a relationship with that individual tell them or talk to them about. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? There, there are certain things that we need to understand just Isn't our business or isn't our place to say? And so we need to understand that people need to have gentle words, be loving and gentle, encouraging, and help people in the right spirit and attitude. Amen? So Ahab was clearly not a fan of Micaiah. He was not a fan of this prophet because this prophet always told him the truth. He always told him what he saw from God, and it always seemed to be bad news for him. But when talking about Micaiah, Ahab said this, I hate him. I hate him. Those are strong words. He said, I hate him. And it's interesting how automatically Jehoshaphat rebukes him and says, that's not the way a king should talk. That's not the way a king should talk. In other words, watch it because that's not the way you as a leader, you as a royalty, you as a person who is in authority should be talking because you need to set an example. Don't say those kind of things. It's important for us to understand that we are co-heirs with Christ. That means God, our Father, has welcomed us into his family. And if we are part of God's family, then we are royalty. And we need to conduct ourselves like the royalty that we are. Conduct yourself like the royalty you are. Remember who you are. That you are a son and daughter of the Most High God. That your father is the king. And that as a Christian, we need to set a godly example. We need to live by example and lead by example. And that means that there are certain things that we cannot be saying. That means that there are certain places that we cannot be going. That means that there are certain shows that we should not be watching. Or music we shouldn't be listening to. Because we need to set an example. God is king, he is our father, and that makes us royalty. That doesn't mean that we are better than anyone else, but that means that we are called to live at a higher standard, that we are to set an example for unbelievers and for believers, that we are to live and conduct ourselves like the royalty that we are. For some of you, you need to be reminded of that, to conduct yourself. In a royal way, remembering who you are. When you're at work, when you're at school, when you're at home with your family, when you're alone, when you're with your friends, when you're angry, when you're frustrated, remember that you are a child of the Most High God. That your father is a king. Like the experiences that Jehoshaphat had with Ahab, We learn so many valuable lessons that we can look to and draw on when we are the next in line for God to call upon and use in different ways for his purposes, his honor, and for his glory. May we be careful not to compromise our beliefs and integrity for temporary gain. Before making important decisions, ask the Lord for guidance and confirmation. Don't lie to someone just to tell them what they may want to hear and conduct yourself like the royalty that you are. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, God, for the reminders that we can see in the life of Jehoshaphat with Ahab. And Lord, there are so many more lessons that we could learn, but we pray that you would help us, God, that you would help us in our everyday life to continue to look to you and to trust you. We pray, Father, that you would help us to stand firm in our beliefs, help us to stand firm on our, in our faith and in the promises that you've given us, so that when things come our way, that we would not compromise, turn to the left or to the right, but that we would stay focused on you. God, we pray that you would help to remind us that we need to consult you in all our ways, that we need to include you in every decision, that we need to seek your guidance and confirmation for our lives. Father, may you help us to speak lovingly and kindly to each other. May you help us not to lie, but to encourage one another, oh God, to build each other up and to help us to improve, Lord. And we pray, Father, that in our lives as we go out into the world and all that we do, that you would help us to conduct ourselves in word, in action, in all that we do, conduct ourselves in a way that is honoring and pleasing to you, like the royalty that we are. Because of you, oh God, because you are king and we are your people. And so Father, we thank you for who you are. We bless your name and we give you all the honor, all the glory in all the praise. And so, Lord, we pray that you would take our life, that you would take it, mold it, make it, Lord, and make us into the people that you desire us to be as we are called to a higher standard of living, holiness. May that be what we long for. In the powerful name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.